Today's daf is daf Gimel. We're beginning on Gimel Amid Aleph. Last word on the line, Lema. Eight lines from the top. So we had yesterday um, two opinions as to uh, why there is a Shvua in the Mishnah. We had the Shvua, we had the opinion of, of uh, Popa and the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. They said that it was the, the din of Yachloku B'Shvua was type, some type of rabbinical injunction uh, uh, some kind of rabbinical imposition is to make the oath. But the more was trying is trying to clarify and continue from yesterday who exactly is the author of the Mishnah and how does it fit other Tanayim that we know that they have a position concerning money that is being disputed. Now what the more is introducing now is the opinion of Rabbiosi. Zmachlokas Rabbiosi and the Chachamim in a uh, in a uh, very uh, very interesting situation, you have a person as a shomer, and one person deposits by him a hundred dollars, the other person deposits by him two hundred dollars. When they both show up to collect their money, each one claims that they're the one that gave the two hundred. So the question. The, the the question is what did he show for? What did he show for? Yeah, I don't know. So uh, so each one claims that it's two hundred. So the chachamim say the way to deal with this is you give each one back one hundred because that's what each one has, and the third hundred is yehemunach achiyavu You leave that one uh, in in uh, in escrow. You leave it until Eliyahu comes and clarifies who the third one. Rabbi Yossi says, no, that's not a fair way to deal with this. He says, the way to deal with this, freeze the whole, all $300, because otherwise, what, what are you causing the Ramai to lose? The Ramai doesn't lose if you freeze, if you freeze the third hundred, you only, you're, you're hurting the guy who it really belongs to. Freeze all of the money this way, that there's gonna be a loss on the Ramai as well. Right. But you see that, according to him, when you have a dispute and there is a, Ramai, there's somebody who's doing something potentially that is underhanded or illegal, we penalize and we freeze the whole amount. So says the Gemara, our case, Shnaim Oaks and Batalis. Two guys show in, one to court, one says it's mine, the other one says it's mine. Our Mishnah rules, Yachloku. According to Rabbiosi, if your Mishnah went like Rabbiosi, Lachora, the ruling should have been what? Freeze it. Put the talis in escrow until the Yohan Navi comes. So the Chumas be that our Mishnah is not going like Rabbi Yossi. That's the Gemara's point. The Gemara says, Leimat is like Rabbi Yossi. To eat Rabbi Yossi because it was going like Rabbi Yossi. Ha'amar imken ma'hiv ramai. Because his position by the $300 was freeze the 300 Because otherwise, how is the Ramai being penalized? So here too, you would freeze the talis according to him. Someone says, therefore, his position is, everything has to be frozen until Leo and Navi comes. So here too, he should say, you freeze the talus. Says the Gemara, one second. Why are you telling me that this only work, doesn't work like Rabiosi? You're, but you're implying that it would work like the Chachomim disagree with him? No. The Chor wouldn't go like the Chachomim either. Now let's explain outside. Why doesn't it go like the Chachomim? The Chachomim say that, what do you give back? You give back the first 200. Why do you give back the first 200? Because the first 200, for sure, you're giving, you're doing the right division. This guy gets his 100, this guy gets his 100. And they say the only thing you divide is what is being, is subject to dispute. The only thing that's being subject to dispute over there is the third 100. But 
the talus of our Mishnah, if you're going to equate it, it's like the third hundred. So therefore, Lachora, if you're telling me our Mishnah doesn't go like Rabbi Yossi because the Mishnah, because the Talis should have been frozen, it wouldn't go like the Chachamim either because the Chachamim that argue with Rabbi Yossi, you say you freeze the third hundred, the Talis in our case would be equitable, would be comparable to the third hundred. They should be frozen according to them as well. Someone says, Elamai Rabbonin, you're going to tell me it's going like the Rabbonin. Kevin, Amri Rabbonin, since Rabbonin says, it's the Shah Yehei Munach, it's the rest, the third hundred that has to be frozen. Achiova Leo. Hanami, the case of our Mishnah of the Talas, is also Keshar Dami, is like the third hundred, Desveikahi, because here you can't ascertain for sure this one owes a hundred, this one owes a hundred, like the first two hundred, so it's more comparable to the third hundred. So even according to Rachamim, you should say, Yehei Munach, you should freeze the Talas, uh, uh, it should be like the third hundred. With high mind, now what is this? This is not a good comparison. According to Rachamim, you're, you're comparing the third hundred to the Talas? No, I could create a distinction there. If you wanted to say that our Mishnah goes like the Rabbonin, it could make sense. Our Mishnah could make sense like the Rabbonin. Because the third hundred clearly only belongs to one guy. One guy deposited two hundred, one guy deposited one hundred. So they say, Yehei Munach on the third hundred, because that third hundred is for sure a Ramai. What does it mean there's for sure a Ramai? Some guy for sure is lying over there. Some guy is for sure being underhanded. However, so I'm Rabbanan. That's where the Rabbanan say Yemunach Achiyav Eliyahu that you have to leave it freezing, freezing until Rabbi Yehuda comes, uh, until Eliyahu Navi comes. Put it in escrow. But Hacha, but in our Mishnah, the Talis is it for sure only belongs to one? No, no. It, it could be a chalukah shechelus emes that you keep dividing. It could be the right way to do it. Could have been that they both picked it up same, same time. In such a case, the chachamim are not going to say yehi munach. So therefore, hacha the ikel name of the travayahu, where you could say potentially it is possible that it belongs to both of them. So <coughs> That's why the chachamim of our mishnah could align with the chachamim of Rabbi Yosi. and they could say palgi. You divide it b'shvur with an oath. The oath again. Being for whatever reason we said the oath was for before, but it's the, the, the concept of dividing it. It says that the, so. Therefore, the talus is not equitable to the third hundred. But according to Rabbi Yossi, you're going to have problems. Rabbi Yossi doesn't even let you divide the first two hundred. He says you have to freeze the whole thing. So therefore, if he doesn't even let you divide, where well, we know for sure this guy should get one, and that guy should get one, because they each one own the first hundred, he's so adamant that you have to penalize the Ramai, so therefore you could argue that if he doesn't even let you get where you know it should go to the person, Kavachomer, in our Mishnah, Right, we don't know for sure that at each one this belongs to him, that one belongs. If he, so for sure you should fro- freeze it in our Mishnah. So therefore, Elai Amar of Yosi, but if you're gonna tell him it's going like Rabbi Yosi, Hashta now. Mahasam, then the case of the 300, Devada Ikamanalamar, You know for sure the first 200 would be a fair split. If you divide the 100 to 100, that would be the right way to do it. And still, Amar Rabbi Yosi, Heimunach Achiyav Eliyahum. Since, there is a Ramai involved. I'm even what you know for sure. I'm not allowing you to divide up. So, here in our case, with the whole amount that you're dividing, it, it could belong all to one person. You don't know if you're dividing, you're giving anybody what he really belongs. So, for sure in our case, Rabbi Yossi should hold. So, he should say, Simara says, no. I feel the same, Rabbi Yossi, that we could argue that Rabbi Yossi is the author of our Mishnah as well. 
Okay, now the one is going to give two reasons why we can make this argument. First one, Hasan Vada Ikuramai. When is Rabbi Yossi take the position of freezing even money that you know belongs to people to go to? He only does that when you 100% know there's a Ramai involved. In the case of the 300, you for sure know there's a Ramai. So not only does he say freeze the third 100, he says freeze the first 200 because you know there's a Ramai involved. Okay? In our case, it's true. Probability is it could be it only belongs to one, not the other. But you don't know for sure there's a Ramai. Why don't you know for sure there's a Ramai? Because, because right, it could be at the same time. And even if they didn't, it could be one picked it up a moment before the other one. He thinks he picked it up at the same time. It does doesn't mean for sure that there's a Ramai. But but who says there's a Ramai? Again, they try to pick it up, but they did pick it up at the same time. That's answer number one. So answer number one, Rabbi Yossi would agree to the din of Rabbi Yachloku, and you don't freeze it since there's no definitive Ramai in our case. Not for sure. Inami, or else, a second answer. When does Rabbi Yossi penalize a Ramai is when it's going to be in his best interest to admit. So if you, if you freeze the whole 300, you're causing him to admit, because even though he's going to lose the third 100 that he's trying to steal, but he's, it's worth his while to admit. Why? Because this way you're going to give him back his 100. So therefore, it makes sense to freeze where it's going to cause him, where you, where, by penalizing him, will cause him to admit. But in our case of the Talis, he doesn't own any of the talas. He's a Rama. He sees someone has something, he goes and he grabs it. What are you doing? You're freezing it. Who are you penalizing over here? You're not penalizing the Rama. He's not losing anything because you're freezing it. The only one who's losing is the, uh, is, is the guy who really owns it. Then there's no, uh, there's no motivation over here because you're freezing it to cause the Rama to admit. So in such a case, Rabbi Yossi would hold, you don't admit. Does that work for Ah, oh, good question. The one's going to point out. <coughs> so why is it like this? So says the Gemara. Inami hasam kani slay Rabbi Yosi l'Ramai. When does Rabbi Yosi penalize the Ramai and say Yehaymunach? It's kihech deloidi in order to cause him to give the leverage that he should admit. But Acham I say is lay deloidi. What um, what uh, incentive is there here that he should admit? There's no incentive. Why? Because his admission doesn't get him anything. So therefore, here, you're only be penalizing the guy who actually belongs to. So here you don't say, Yehei Munach. So therefore, over here, uh, there's, uh, there's the is Isle, the Light. There's no reason for him, there's no loss for him to, uh, uh, to cause him to admit. And therefore, there's no reason to say Munach. So we gave two reasons why Rabbi Yossi could still be the author of our, our Mishnah. One reason was, is that you only say, Yehei Munach, when there's a Vada'i Ramai. And our Mishnah is not a Vada'i Ramai. And the second one is that uh, you only say Yehei Munach if your freezing is going to cause the Ramai a loss and therefore it incentivizes him to admit. The, so they, they can't stand together, the two answers. They're separate, they're separate they answers, right. So says the Gemara, like Arya's question, we learned yesterday, I think it was Rav Papa, he explained that in our Mishnah we're dealing with two separate cases, that the din is Yachlo, Kubeshvua. The first case was Matzasiya, which is the case of Metziah. 
The second case was Mekachumemkar, where they both gave the money. And just the question was, who was, a, who was considered Mertzona, who was Valkorcho, who did he, the, 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 the shopkeeper agree to, and who was it forced, who forced the money upon him. Now, ask the Gemara, if you hold that freezing it is in order to cause the person a loss, so we admit, it's true in the case of Metzia that that doesn't work. But that answer, that answer, that, 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 so therefore, that's why you would not say Yehei Munach by Metziah. But why wouldn't you say Yehei Munach by Mecca for Memkar? Mecca for Memkar, you would be causing the Ramayah loss. What's the loss? He's not going to get back his money that he gave. They both gave money. So therefore, when it says Tainach, this answer satisfies the case of Metziah. But Mechachomemkar, Ma'ikalmema, what are you going to answer Mechachomemkar? Elamechaver, Tegadashimikara. Therefore, it's correct, the original answer. The original answer was, where there's a Ramai for sure, you say Yehei Munach. Where there's no Ramai for sure, you don't say Yehei Munach. And therefore, this would also work for Mechachomemkar. Mechachomemkar is not necessarily as a Ramai, because the shopkeeper might have acquiesced to both of them. It doesn't mean for sure there's a Ramai. Which one was first? That's the debate. But it doesn't mean there's for sure a Ramai involved. Therefore, the answer of where there's a Vada Ramai, you say Yamunach, and if it's not, you don't. That's the answer that we're going to stick with, and therefore Rabbi Yossi could technically be the author of our Mishnah. Ask the Gemara like this. Bain the Rabban and Bain the Rabbi Yossi. Whether you hold like the Rabbon, whether you hold like Rabbi Yossi, according to uh, Rabbonon, if there's a Ramai involved, you don't freeze the first 200, but you would freeze the third 100. And according to Rabbi Yossi, when there's a Vadai Ramai involved, then what do you do? Then you freeze the in total amount, right? That's what we said. So what I wants to know is that we had yesterday the case of Chenvani Alpinkoso. Remember, there was the case uh, that we had of Benanas, I think it was. That, uh, the case of Henvani Alpincosa was, you have a homeowner that contracts painters to come work for him. And he has to pay them. So he goes to his storekeeper and he says to him, listen, this goes to the shopkeeper. He says, on credit, give them a thousand dollars. And he tells the, the painters that the, the day's work, you can go collect the money from the shopkeeper comes the next morning, the storekeeper comes to him for his thousand dollars. But the painters come and claim they never collected it. So we had a machlokus there what to do. But right, do we say is that each one swears to collect or do we say is that he has to pay even without uh, making them swear because we don't want there to be a for sure a shvushah. That was one. But Mar says like this. One second. But according to what we just learned, here, the Rabbanon and Rabbiosi, there for sure there's a Ramai. There's no way that that could be that there's no Ramai there. They're one of the parties are a Ramai. So therefore, what should be the ruling then, according to both Rabbiosi and the Chachamim of the case here of the three hundred? Take the money away from the, uh, the take money away from the homeowner and freeze it. Instead of making him pay each one separately, because there's a Ramai, freeze it, and there's an incentive now for... Well, there's not going to be really... There won't be an incentive in this case, but the bottom line is, you, you, this way, where there's a Ramai, you go and you freeze the money. Like we said, the case of the incentive doesn't... We said that's not a good answer because of, of Mechomenko. But the point is, over here, you should freeze it because there's a Vada'i Ramai. Why are you making the shopkeeper... Why are you making the owner... Have to pay out both. That's the most question. 
Concerning the shopkeeper with the money written into his ledger, each one swears. The shopkeeper swears to the homeowner and then he collects the money that he says he paid. The painters swear to the homeowner to say they never got the money and then they collect from him. So he pays twice. So Maishna, what's the reason the law minan nafke mamona mibalabais? Let's take the money from the homeowner, the munachavilan, freeze it until the L comes and can clarify which one is the Rama and which one isn't. Tabavada ika Rama, because for sure in that case we're dealing that there is a Rama involved. Says the more like this. Listen to this Gvaldigatarz. Says the more like this is that in the case of the storekeeper. Right, the Khervani Alton Costo. Each guy, each party, the painter and the home and the paint and the storekeeper, they have a claim against the homeowner. They say to us, Listen, we did work let's tell the painters. We did work for you in good faith. Alright? Now, you owe us the money. What do you tell us? You tell us, you know, the storekeeper's my buddy, I trust him go get the money from him. You trusted him. We don't trust him. We don't know this guy from Adam. We know that you owe us the money. We did what you said we should do. We painted. Now, send us to some guy that we don't know that you trust and even if he's willing to swear that he paid, that oath to us means nothing. When is an oath important? When you do business with someone or you deal with somebody, so he makes an oath, you can require, a shomer, I can require you to make an oath. Because I, since I trusted you, I have to accept your oath. The, the painters don't have to accept the oath of the, uh, the storekeeper. Why? There's nothing to do with that. Not, it's not, it's not, he's not their litigant. The only litigant is in this case is the homeowner. You wanted to make him take an oath where you go ahead and make knock yourself out. But that oath is meaningless to us. And therefore, what you don't... You can't say, let's put the two of them together, make a case here and freeze the assets. Because you're not dealing with a claimant and a defendant of one case. You're dealing with two separate cases over here. What are the two separate <coughs> cases? There's the case where the painter is suing the balabias, and there's the case where the storekeeper... But you can't make the storekeeper have to deal... You can't make the storekeeper the litigant of the painter. The painter says, I never did... I, I never contracted with him. I never went to the business with him. So therefore, you don't have a right in such a case to say, Yehei Munach, and put the two of them together. Each case is a separate, independent case. Okay? So Moses is like this. So Moses says, Hasa Mainutaimo, over there, the reason why you pay out twice. And we don't just put it down and for once and freeze it to Amalekh and Vonli Balabais. Because the homeowner, the storekeeper says to the homeowner, I did your agency. What did you ask me to do? You asked me to pay the painter. I paid the painter. The storekeeper says, I paid the painter. So what should I, I don't, by the worker, I have nothing to do with the worker. I have nothing to do with the painter. You used to pay the guy. I paid the guy. And even if he swears to me that he never got the money, he's always meaningless to me. I, I, I might, wouldn't trust the guy. I wouldn't trust the guy. I wouldn't have gone into a business deal with him. And therefore, I'm not required to take his oath. So therefore, he's not a trustworthy guy to me, even be sure with an oath. At you who trusted the guy, so therefore you who got the guy to work for you, and you, and therefore you need to accept his oath. So therefore the law, and, and the proof is, the law amartly, the sadi havle. You didn't say to me, get aid him before you pay him. You just said pay him. <coughs> Means you trusted the guy. So therefore you have to deal with his oath, not me. Even a receipt. 
Right, nothing. Nami, and the same thing is on the painter. Is He says to the homeowner, Ano Avdi Avirito. I did my work. I painted. Gabach by you. You owe me the money. What do I have to do with the shopkeeper? And even the shopkeeper swears to me that he paid. That's not an oath that's good for me. That might be good for you, but that's not good for me. Therefore, they both independently have a right to swear to the balabais. I'll swear to you that I never got the money. I'll swear to you that I paid the money and he has to accept each one of their oaths and as such, he has to pay each one independently. And you can't say Yehi Munach here because Yehi Munach would imply that, that, one, that you're putting the two of them together as the opposing parties, which they're not the opposing parties over here. Their op- opposition is with you, the Balabais, not with the other party. Okay. And probably in regular court, they could, they could swear... Uh, come together and can make it like a cross complaint mm-hmm. either way I mean I don't even modern law also each one is still going to have a separate it's a separate case it's all, it's all evident yeah. it could be all in right. the same case alright all right. All right. now we're starting now a big sugya hopefully we can get to through most of it somewhere halfway down Dalmat Aleph but let's just set the uh, set up the scenario here we know that there is a din in the Torah it's called Motive Mikzas is the Torah tells you that you bring the guy to Beistin and you say, where's the money I lent you? Where's the money? Where's my picoton? And he says, ki This is it. This is all there is. I mean, you're saying, I gave you a hundred dollars and he's saying, no, ki only I only have fifty. Fifty is only what I gave you. <laughs> so when you're motive mixtas, what's the halacha? A person is motive mixtas, so that hodah elicits an oath on the, on the remaining fifty dollars of the claim. So the kfi, if your motive emits us hodah, if your motive emits us and you cope for the second half of the hodah, you, your hodah is going to require, if you, uh, you, uh, your, your hodah is going to require that you pay, that you, that you swear on the second half. Right? Everybody with me? What Rabbi Chia is going to teach us today is the following case. What happens if Ruben goes to Shimon and says, you owe me a hundred dollars. And Shimon is kofra kol. He says, I don't owe you a dime. Now at that point, what would have been the din minat Torah? It's potter. Potter even from a shuah, because it's not being motive and mixed Rabbanan later on made a shuah's hesed, then Rakhviru, kofra kol, you have to make a shuah. We're talking about the din Torah. Let's say, two Adam show up, and two Adam say, we know Shimon owes 50. So it is the Ha'odas Edim Vemiktsas. The testimony of the Edim is what is uh, verifying part of the claim, part of the Tviyah. Does the Koach of the Edim Vemiktsas have the capacity to elicit a Shvua on the balance? And so Rabchia is going to say that it's a Kalva Chomer. We're going to see what the exact Kalva Chomer is. But he's going to say, if Modab Amiktas can elicit a Shvua on the balance, so then Kalva Chomer, Edim Bemiktas can elicit a Shvua on the balance. Okay? That's the point that Rabchia is going to make. And we're going to spend a lot of time <coughs> trying to figure out 
what exactly is the Kalvachomer? Because it doesn't tell us that what is the Kalvachomer from that, that, if, that if, if a Hodah could do it, then Adam could do it as well. We'll see. Tani, Rabchia, Rabchia taught in a Brysa. Manali you owe me a hundred. And he's for a call. He says, I don't owe you anything. And Adim show up and say, what are you talking about? You owe fifty. So no sin lo chamishim zuz. So the fifty has to pay. That's because there's Adim testifying owes the fifty. But on the balance, the remaining 50 from the claim, now he has to take an oath. Because his own self-admission <coughs> should not be more powerful than when Adam come and testify. Based upon a Kavachomer, which we're going to clarify what the Kavachomer is. So therefore, if his own admission on the 50 would have caused, elicited an oath on the balance, so Adam on the 50, Kalvachomer will do what? Will elicit an oath on the balance. Now, this is why it's over here. Betana tunosh na'yim ochsen betalis. And the, our Mishnah in Bab Metziah supports this teaching. The Tanatun is a support of the teaching of Rochia of Shnaim Oaks and Betalis. Now, what does Shnaim Oaks and Betalis have to do with Rochia's din? So, Rochia disagrees with the two interpretations that we learned yesterday. I remember the beginning of today's year, I said you had Rab Papa and you had Rab Yochanan who learned that the din of a Shvur that's accompanying the Yachloku is really only Midurah Bonon. Either because uh, we why do we make you make the oath because uh, the person has a uh, what's it called a rationalization as to why he's grabbing onto it and this is to make sure that he doesn't have that uh, that rationalization or just um, because we want to stop people from grabbing onto other people's items but it's rabbinical comes along <coughs> and he learns no actually you know why you're making an oath this has a din, this is a category of motive emixas. How is this din of a motive emixas? It's not actually a motive emixas, but that's why it's a support of Bechir's din. We ostensibly have two cases over here. You have, let's say, Ruvain and Shimon. Okay, Michael and myself. I say to Michael, this whole garment is mine. You, this whole garment, you don't own this garment, I own it. And Michael is, and, 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 and therefore you, got, and therefore give me the garment. And Michael is saying, no, none of this garment is yours. So, ostensibly, what do we have over here? It's a case where I say, you owe me a hundred. And you're saying, no, I don't owe you anything. This whole garment is mine. No, it's not your garment. Therefore, I don't have to give you this whole garment. Now, by me holding onto this garment, okay, it gives me a legal presumption. It's almost like there are te- that are testifying. What does my holding onto the garment attest to? What does it testify? Right? What is the legal presumption of me holding on to it? Yeah, so therefore it, it, it gives, it, it's like Adim are showing up and saying that that which you're holding on to belongs to you. Now, it's not the whole, you can't say the whole thing belongs to him because the other fellow also is holding on to it. But at least it shows you that 50% of it belongs to you. My holding on to it shows me. Now, so therefore, let's speak it out again. So I said to Michael, my claim is the whole talus is mine. 
Michael's defending it by being Kofar call. What is he saying? None of the talus is yours. But I have aid him that at least 50% of it is mine. Why do I have aid him that 50% of it's mine? Because my holding on to it attests that at least 50% of it's mine. And what's the ruling? You need to swear. So you see that how others aid him bemiktas elicits an oath. So therefore, this is like, it's almost, it's, a, it's like a motive that makes us, it's a Torah requirement. There's no difference between whether it's a motive that makes us causing you to make the oath, or it's a ha'adas b'mitzvah going, but that's the reason for the oath over here. It's a Torah-based oath. And that's Tanatuna. We're going to get back to it, because the proof is not such a great one. So Tanatuna, Shnaim Ovs and Batalus, that, that, that the proof for Rabbi Chiyaz Din is our mission of Shnaim Ovs and Batalus, Zelmanim and Zasiya, and this is like, in our case, came into toughest, since the claimant is holding on to the Begin. Anan Sadi, it is a proof. The the tough is high, the Dehu, that what he's holding on to belongs to him. And the claim the other way, the person's also making a claim against me. And what he's holding on to, he has approved belongs to him. And each one, based on the claim made against them, Yeshava has to swear. Why do they have to swear? Each one is denying any form of liability. But since you're going against the person that has Adem, i.e., that holding on to it, which makes it at least 50 in his, and therefore, and, and that's approved, Yeshava. Okay. Now let's go back to the first part of Rav Chia's statement. Rav said, is that in a case where Adam show up on the Miktzas, you have to swear, based on a Kalvachomer. Right? It's, what's he saying? The Kalvachomer teaches you, just as by Moda Miktzas, you have to swear. So therefore, by Adam you have to swear. Now, why did Rav Chia have to say it's a Kalvachomer? The implication would be that if it wouldn't have been a Kalvachomer, if you don't have a Kalvachomer, then what would be the din? If there's no Kalvachomer, then there'd be no Shvur. It's only because of the Kalvachomer. Simona wants to know why. Why is it, Dean? Why do you need a Kalvachomer? Why can't we just say that if Motor Mitzvah makes you swear, where you have, where you're justifying part of the claim, based on the person's own admission. So when the claim's being justified by Adam, the guy would have to swear. Why does Rav Chia have to say, and you have a Kalvachomer to support it, which implies without the Kalvachomer, there might not have been an oath. Why is that? Sigmar says like this, What did he have to bring that, that you shouldn't say that a person's admission is stronger to elicit an oath than having Adam in Kalvachomer, based on Kalvachomer. Now, the reason he says it like this is, let me speak it outside, and then we'll see it inside. Kushalot Tomar, you shouldn't say that maybe only when there's an admission on part, that's where there's going to be a shvur. But when it, when it's not an admission, when it's not an admission, when it's only when you're kofarak kol, and Adam are coming and saying you owe the half, so you shouldn't say that. In that case, maybe there would not have been an oath. Why would I have thought to say this? Now, this is a little bit uh, complicated here. This is, so let's go through the steps. The reason you would have thought perhaps to say it is based on a teaching of Rabba. We've had it before. Rabba explained the following. He explained the din of Motiv Amikdash in the following way. Lechora, you should be able to ask a question. Why is it that when a person admits to part, why do we make him make an oath? 
Why don't we give this person a migu, a tool of believability? I go to Michael. I say, Michael, you owe me $1,000. And Michael says, no, I owe you $500. Michael should be believed. Why should he have to take an oath in the second? Taking an oath implies almost that we don't believe you. you have to take an oath. He should be believed that he owes the 500 because if you wanted to lie, yeah, the whole thing. So why don't we give every single motive amidst us amigu that since he could have been ko for a call, since he got a call, he should be part from having to make a shvur. What's the logic that the Torah says? Know that there's an oath. So says Rabba, the logic is like this. Is that Actually, it's possible that Michael really wanted to say, I don't owe you a thousand. I, I don't owe you anything. It's called from the whole thousand. But since I lent him the money, it's very hard to look into the eye mm, of the person who lent you the thousand and say, no, you did not lend me anything. Mm-hmm. And therefore, in, in, in the only way Amigo works is if the second claim that you could have said would have been a better or more comfortable claim. But over here, he'd be uncomfortable making that second claim, saying that I don't owe you anything because So therefore, that takes away the migu. Right. Aye, but now that opens up another whole can of worms. You're saying this, so technically, this guy really, you're saying, wanted to lie about the thousand. So we're saying is that you wanted to lie about the thousand, but since you didn't have the chutzpah to lie about the thousand, so you only lied on the... How can we let him take a shvur? If you distrust this person, and you hold that he is lying, and it's just that, then how can you make him take an oath, right? So, why don't we say that since you distrust him about the money, then you should not allow him to take an oath. It's like that call, yeah. Right. Right. So, the Gemara's answer to that's going to be is because we say, literally, the guy's not such a bad guy. But very often, a guy is stuck in a situation, and <coughs> he just doesn't, he was, he was lent money, and he doesn't have the money. All he's trying to do is to buy time. Since he's trying to buy time and slip away till he actually gets the money, and we assume he's going to come pay back, that's why we don't consider him to be such a Russia. He's not a Russia. But the Torah doesn't want to let him slip away because we're afraid that if you let him slip away, what will end up happening? He'll never ever pay. So therefore, we're trying to nail him down. So that answers the question. Therefore, that's why he's able to take the oath because we don't say that he is such a Russia. I, if that's the pshat in Moedah Mixas, then let me ask you a question. Where the guy is Kofrakol, where the guy was Kofrakol, and Adam already showed that he's lying. How did Adam show that he's lying? Because he was Kofrakol the full thousand. And Adam showed up and said that he owes the, fir- that he owes the 500. You might have thought, based on the cheshman that Rabbi just made, that should we let him take a shvur on the second 500? No, because since we've shown that he's a liar, he shouldn't have to make. Kalvachomer is going to teach us that no, that Bezmas Kalvachomer is going to say, just as we say that we let him, that he's trying to slip away on the 500, we give him the benefit of the doubt. He knew the Adam were going to come anyway. He was just trying to slip away till he gets the money on the thousand as well. And therefore, you should allow him to make the oath. But that's without the Kalvachomer. Without the Kalvachomer, I might have said that no, we don't allow him to make a shvur when he's been Kofra Kol and Adam show that he owes the 500. That's why you need the Kalvachomer. That's what the Gemara is about to answer. So let's read this inside. So it says the Gemara, Shalotomar, that you shouldn't say, Hoda'as piv, 
that it's only where you're actually motive of mixtus is where where the Torah placed an oath upon you kidarabba using the logic of Rabbah. Why did the Torah say that the person who takes the oath should have to so whose mode mixer should have to take an oath? Why don't we give him a migu that he could have been kol? Chazaka. The reason is he doesn't have the migu because there is a presumption that ain't that you would not have the audacity, the chutzpah, the goal to say in front of your uh, lender that he never lent you anything. And therefore it could be that he really did want to deny the entire amount. But he didn't feel comfortable because he did not have the chutzpah to do so. I, the question then is, well, you distrust this guy and you think this guy actually wanted to be co for a coal and that's the only reason why his motive mixed is because he's more comfortable then what's the obvious question then how can you allow him to swear and that's the one answers because we say really the guy is not a bad guy he, if he could he would have wanted to admit and pay up the entire amount and the reason he didn't admit to it is he's trying to slip away from the person because he says until I have the money until I get the money so and then I will pay him and that the Torah says that might be your husband but we don't want people slipping away we want to nail you down and the Shvua then he's not going to swear false he's not a bad guy so we want him to swear and to admit to the full amount and therefore that's that's why we make him take the oath. But then how does the Kavachomer work? No, I'm saying, we'll get to it. We haven't done the Kavachomer yet. Abal Ha'adas Edim. However, <laughs> in the case of where Edim are being made on the part, there you could, you could justifiably argue that what? That we should not allow him to take the oath. You can't say he was just trying that 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 he that he's not a bad guy and he's just trying to slip away. You could have argued that because the Bible said he was Kofarakol and Adam showed that he's lying. So maybe in such a case you should not allow him to take an oath on the second part. Maybe don't say Kamash Malan. That's what the Kavachomer is going to show you that the Kavachomer is going to show you that there is a power that creates a Kavachomer that if you allow a person with motor mixes to swear, then you should allow a person with Adam to, to have to swear. And therefore, and we'd have to come up with a swara, this way the Achronim Amaz Virashi, and say, just as you say, he's trying to slip away when he's being motive and mixed us, we also say that he's not really such a bad guy. He was also trying to slip away. He knows the Adam are going to show up, but he figured he was able to pay before the Adim would show up and he wasn't and you could say the same Svara and he's not such a Rosh and that's why we let him take the oath but let's see what is that Kalvachomer without that Kalvachomer we would not have said that but with the Kalvachomer then we allow him to take the oath on the hardest Adim what is this Kalvachomer that we are keep referencing the more is going to explain now oh my Kalvachomer <coughs> what is the Kalvachomer so it says the more like this a person's own admission, his piv, his mouth, cannot create liability, but nevertheless, mechaiva shvua. You see, it does, uh, it does elicit an oath. So, Adim shemechayvim bo osa momon. If Adim testify against somebody, for sure that could be chayv momon. So, if Adim can uh, can be chayv momon, so for for sure Adim should be able to elicit an oath. 
Saying a din is it not logical? Says Gemara, what are you talking about? You, your, your premise here, Kalvachomer, is that your admission is not Machayev Mamon, but your admission is Machayev Shvur. It's not true. If I am Moda, that I owe money, Hodaz, it's, it's better than, that a hundred Adem can't say I don't owe the money. Hodaz Piv is Kamea Adem. So what do you, of course, uh, uh, Hodaz Piv is Machayev Mamon. So what is it? Piv and Machayev Mamon? What do you mean Piv is not Machayev Mamon? Baha Hodaz Baldin is Kamea Adem Dami. My admission is stronger than a hundred Adem. So that takes away the Kavachomer. Your Kavachomer is that Adem is stronger than Piv because Piv is not Machayev Mamon. Piv is Machayev Mamon. Right? So we're back to the question. So what was Rabchir's Kavachomer? Someone says like this, no. My mom, what do you mean by mom is knas? Your admission can obligate you on compensatory matters, but your admission cannot obligate you penalties. Person cannot be invited to be chayv kefal, but you know what? Adam could. So that's how you, that's the linchpin for the kavachomer. Piv is not mechayev knas, but it's mechayev, but Adam are, say so Piv is mechayev shvua. Kavachomer, then Adam, Adam also should be mechayev a person of shvua. So ma piv she'ain mechayv knas mechayv shvua edim she mechayv inos a knas that could be mechayv a person penalty penalty so ain't a danger mechayv inos a shvua so more it's like this I'm going to ask you a pircon a kavachomer in order to make a kavachomer you have to show unequivocally that one power is stronger than the other but if you can show that even though in one area piv is weaker than <laughs> Aiden, but in another area, Piv is stronger, that takes away your Kavachomer. Moses says like this, Ma'ala Piv, Shekain Machayev Karban. Person admits to eating Chalev, let's say. So it's a Chiv Karet, it's Chayev Karban Chatas. So, a Piv can require a person to be Machayev, to, to bring a Karban. Aiden cannot. So what does that show you? That in some stronger. areas, Piv is stronger. Then you can't make a Kavachomer. Tomar be'edim she'en mechayv and korban. Can you say the same thing by Edim, which cannot be mechayv a person a korban. You can't be mechayv a korban chatas because Edim say you are. You have to test your own self-admission. Says in Mohalak Kasha. That's not a Kasha on Because it's possible that Rabchia can Rabbi Meir Svirale. Rabchia takes the position of Rav Meir. Rav Meir taka holds that Edim could be mechayv your korban chatas. So if you hold that Adam could be mechayv your korban chatas, so then the pircha is not a pircha. The Amar, the Amar, Adam mechayv and also korban mikal v'chomer. And Rav Meir had his own kal v'chomer to show that Adam could be mechayv a korban. So therefore, if Rav Chia holds like Rav Meir that Adam mechayv mechayv korban, that knocks off the pircha, and then you're left with the original kal v'chomer that tells you that since Adim are mechayv knas and piv is not, so if piv is mechayv shvur, then kal v'chomer Adim should be mechayv shvur. Where is this machlokas with Rav Meir and the Chachomim? This non, we learned in a Mishnah, it's a Mishnah we had in Yevomus, and in, uh, in, uh, we have this non, it says, Amrulosh Naim Achal Two people showed up and said, listen, you were eating over there and you might not have realized it. It was an accident, it was shogging, but you just popped into your mouth a piece of chalev. Vehu Omer, lo achalti. He says, no, I disagree with you guys. That was, that was prime rib. That was not chalev. That was not. So Rav Meir, Mechayev, Rav Meir says, based on the testimony of the Edim, he has to bring a korban chatas. Chachamim poitrin, the Chachamim say, no. That you're potter, you cannot, based on Adam, you cannot mechaiv the guy a korban. I'm a Rabbi Meir, Rav Meir says like this, one second. Adam can be mechaiv a person chi of Misa. If Adam can be mechaiv someone chi of Misa, kalvachomer. Chachav a korban. 
If two people can bring him the Luchai of a Misa Chamur, so Lo Yavel Ladei Korban Akal, should they not be able to be Machai of him a Korban Kal? So what did the Rabbanan argue with Rav Meir? They disagree. They say is like this. All the Adim can attest is that he ate the Chalev. But the Adim cannot say what his mindset was. And therefore, they, the person technically could have just said, yeah, I ate it, but it was, it was amazing. Since he could have said amazing, so therefore, therefore, since he could have said amazing, and and that would have been a better time, says the same frame of Forshim, because then you're not going against Aiden. This way, Aiden said you ate chayim, so no, I didn't. You're going directly head to head with Aiden. If he wanted to lie, he could have just said a much easier time. He could have just said, yeah, I did eat it, but it was amazing. So therefore, Aiden cannot be mechayiv a korban. That's what the chachamim hold. The mayor disagrees. They say Aiden could be mechayiv a korban. So Amrulo, maim yirtzalomar. He could have said. You potter, then he would have been potter from having to bring the carbon. So bottom line is that the that's the Rab Meir the Chachamim say you cannot be mechayev a carbon chatas. According to Rab Meir, you could. Now if it means if Eidim can mechayev your carbon chatas, then Piv is not stronger than Eidim, and therefore all you're left with is your original Kalvachomer that Eidim is stronger than Piv. And if Eidim is stronger than Piv, because Eidim and mechayev knas and Piv is not, then we've established the Kalvachomer that Rab Chia wants to use to show you what that how others. Adim should also be able to be Mechaiv a person, eh? Shvua. That's what we're all talking about over here. If Mechaiv a person is Mechaiv a Shvua, then how others Adim is Mechaiv a Shvua as well. So says the more like this. So one says, I'll ask you a different Pircha. Elamal Piv Shekein Mechaiv a Asham. We know that if somebody comes to you and claims against you that you owe him a thousand dollars, right? And he swore falsely that I don't owe the thousand dollars, or I have your pikodon, and he swore I don't have your pikodon. So the halacha is, is that if this person wants to do tshuva, right, and he admits what's his, what happens to this guy, somebody who swore falsely about money, and then he admits what happens to him, he has to bring an asham, pay a chomish, and he has the principal Karen Kamish and Asham. That's the din. So the Gemara says like this, that din is only if he admits but if Adam come and show that he lied, he doesn't have to bring a carbon asham. So what do you see? We have an area where your admission is stronger than Adam. That should scuttle the machlo, the kavachomer that's made by Rabchir. Says the Gemara Lachayra Asham. Someone says like this: Elamal piv shekain mechayva asham. That lachora piv that that is is stronger that that it can be mechayva asham and Adam cannot. Says the Gemara one second. Asham hainu carbon. Asham is no different than carbon. What's the difference of carbon chatas or the carbon asham? So just as Rav Meir said that Adam could be mechayev a person a carbon chatas, Rav Meir will also say that what that Adam could be mechayev a person a carbon asham. Someone says asham hainu carbon. Someone says, okay, you're right. Then that's not the pircha. The pircha is like this: elamal piv shekain mechayev chomish. We said that when you admit, not only you have to bring an asham which Aiden we said could bring as well but you also have to add 20% you have to pay the, the, the 25% actually 25, 20% of the whole amount added so therefore Lechora that's something that shows Piv is stronger than Piv is stronger than Aiden Piv is Mechaev Chomesh and Aiden are not Mothal Akasha Rav Chia again Rav Meir Sviro Rav Chia will follow the opinion of Rav Meir 
that that korban, just as Adam could be mechayev a person a korban based on a kalva chomer, so mechayev lechomish mechalva chomer will also be able to mechayev a chomish based on a kalva chomer. <coughs> so therefore, so far, Rav Chia is kalva chomer is reinstated, and just as piv can be mechayev knas and and and. Uh, and and uh, just as Piv cannot be Machav, Piv cannot be Machav Knas and Adim do, so if Piv is Machav Shvur, then Adim can also. I'll show you that the, a person's admission is not subject to being, uh, to, to, to be perjured. You cannot bring Adim to contradict the person's own admission. You cannot bring Adim to make a person ha- to do a zoma that based on a person's own admission. So, but but Adim you could. So since Adim it shows a weakness, Adim you could do akash and azama, and to person's admission you cannot. So therefore, it shows piv is stronger. Well, if piv is stronger than Adim, then you cannot make a kavachomer legabe the shvur. Tomer be Adim sheyesh nebakosh vazama. Someone says you're right. The Kavachomer of Rav, of Rav has to be tweaked. The Kavachomer is not between Hodah and Adim. The Kavachomer is a different Kavachomer. El Asya mi Echod. We, how do we know that Adim can obligate a person to Shvur? Because we make a Kavachomer based on the din of an Eid Echod. What's the din of an Eid Echod? An Eid Echod who testifies cannot make you have to pay. But what he can make you do is do what? An eid echad can elicit an oath. That's what he can do. So ma eid echad she'en mechayv a mammon. If an eid echad shows Reuben and Shimon are fighting, and Reuben brings an eid echad to say Shimon owes him money, Shimon does not pay on the eid echad, but he is mechayv and also eid mechayv so a mammon mechayv shvur. Adam that could be mechayv mammon. So kavachomer Adam mechayv shvur. That's the kavachomer for abchia. So they have Adam mechayv and also mammon. Adam didn't mechayv and also shvur. Says the Gemara like this. That's not a good kavachomer because when an eid echad, listen to this gaval gechilat. When an eid echad makes you swear, <coughs> what does he make you swear on? You owe me. Uh, I say you owe me a thousand dollars. All right, and and you say you don't. I bring an eid echad that says you owe me a thousand dollars, and what he's a testifying about. That's what you have to take an oath, right? On the on the on, on the mammon that he's testifying about. That's what you have to take an oath. But Rav Chia wants to say that Adam say you owe me. I say you owe me a thousand. Adam say that uh, we know that you owe five hundred. You have to make a shvur on the second half. So you can't bring a kavachomer from eight echad. All you see that the shvur, the shvur by an eight echad is on what he's testifying is mechayv yeshvur, not on what he's not testifying. And you want to bring a proof of that that Adam can make you take a shvur on, on what they're not testifying. <coughs> you can't bring a ride from eight echad. Look what it says like this: I mala eight echad mashuk Based on what the eight echad is testifying, who nishba? He's eliciting the oath. Tomar, can you say the same thing that the Adim Sha'al Masha Kafar on what was being denied, not on, on what they were testifying <laughs> on the second five hundred, who Nishba. So therefore you don't have a proof from eight echa. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here. We'll continue tomorrow, please God.